Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4... I love it when it's a Sunday that I don't have to make a rain reference. I love it when it's a Sunday and I don't have six hours of constant freaking rain. Greetings, good evening, how the hell are you? Welcome to Beyond Ringside Live on this Sunday night, 19th day of February, calendar year 2023. From the Beer Hog in Pelham, Alabama, yours truly, the Magic City Motormouth, Fast Teddy Lane. Welcoming in tag team partners, first from the Peach State, Shane Knowles, what's up? Rain reference, but I will say we are continuing the rain of Roman rain. Welcoming in tag team partner, the hardcore heartbreaker, Greg Troxel. What's up? Man, what's going on? Excited about this season, man. It's been a crazy weekend, not in just wrestling, but in sports in general. So uh, I'm I'm prepared for ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, it's been topsy-turvy. I'm loving every second of it, except for one particular that I'll cover in just a little while. Matter of fact, I'll go and drop that one right now. Uh, New Japan Battle of the Valley a couple of day, um, little while ago. Uh, Mercedes Monet picking up the women's championship off Kyrie. Oh boy, can you smell a big steaming pile of donkey dung right there? Yes, you can. We'll talk about that in a minute, though. Elimination Chamber in the books. Going to hit on that little by little as the show progresses. Uh, Stan Grubb possibly joining us in just a little while. He is playing family-based um, online computer, um, in-person computer support. So <laughs> have fun with that, brother. I-, I said enjoy the moment. Trust me, I was sincere when I said that. Um, thank you to everybody catching us through BeyondRingside.com, ProWrestlingRadio.net, as well as the Beyond Ringside channel on TuneIn and the TuneIn mobile app. Um, unable to do last week. <laughs> Truth be told, short fat man behind the control panel woke up with the onset of a migraine. I was taking stuff, drinking stuff. By drinking, I mean Coca-Cola for the caffeine and the sugar, alleged sugar, and in a small dark room till this thing passed, and I just let myself crash for the day. So I apologize for last week. We were going to go before the Super Bowl, but honestly, my body just said, uh-uh, we're going to kick you in the head, and reality did. Speaking of the Super Bowl, Shane, you and I had a nice little conversation about that a couple of days ago, but I just want to go and bring that one up. As, of course, we congratulate the champions of the NFL and champions of the Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs, in once again what is being classified as the tale of two games, also referred to as the first half and the second half. Guys, I'll go to both of y'all first on that one. Overall thoughts about the Super Bowl from last weekend, Shane. Well, I, I said this after the conference title games. I mean, I'm sure there are people in Cincinnati and San Francisco that would take beef with this. But I think we got the two best teams in football this year. It's been a long time 
since we've had the number one seeds from both conferences in the AFC and NFC reach the Super Bowl. And the way that game played out, I'm just not sure who could argue anyone else should have been playing on Championship Sunday. You mentioned a tale of two games, the old saying of the Eagles with a 10-point lead in that first half. And, Eddie, I recited these stats to you. It's amazing that Philadelphia Eagles defense had the most sacks of any team outside of the 1985 Chicago Bears. They didn't Patrick Mahomes one time. They didn't get a quarterback hurry on a guy who already came in with a bum ankle. Looks like he may have re-injured it before halftime. The Kansas City Chiefs in the second half scored a touchdown on every possession except the last one when they got the field goal. Mahomes had one complete pass. Again, I mentioned no sacks, no hurries, zero punts. Uh, I know Philadelphia, a lot of people have an umbrage with that late call on James Bradbury late in the game. Defense didn't do you any favors against Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs either. And this, I think, Jalen Hurts played so well that if the Eagles had won, he's a shoe-in for MVP. But now that Mahomes has two by the age of 27, and the Chiefs now have three overall in their history, two with Mahomes, one dating back to Lynn Dawson, the Chiefs as a franchise, guys elevate a little bit in the ranks. Patrick Mahomes certainly elevates a little bit in the ranks. And, you know, it's nothing's guaranteed. It's hard for teams to make it back. But my thing on Kansas City, five years for Patrick Mahomes as a starter in the National Football League, five AFC title games, all of them at Arrowhead Stadium, has never had to play a road playoff game in his career to date. Three Super Bowl appearances, two wins, hats off to him. Greg, come on in. I don't know what I can add to that. Um, <laughs> I think I think the biggest thing, the two biggest glaring things that Shane Art touched on, no sacks. That was the to me the biggest piece of that game that Kansas City had it wasn't even Mahomes or anything. It was it was that because they were able to to take Philadelphia out of their game. Because really, we watched that first half of Philadelphia dominated at the time of possession and everything. But they're still only up by 10. Why? You know what I mean? So it wasn't like they were forcing turnovers. They weren't getting those sacks. Had they gotten sacks, you're probably looking at a totally different game because Mahomes being kind of gimped up coming in. But then let's not take away from what Andy Reid did from an offensive perspective. He had that Philadelphia defense guessing so bad in that second half. Yeah. It was amazing. It was it was like he was just playing chess, and they were playing checkers. I mean, it really was. The emotion – the the um the way he had the their safeties shifting and the way they were breaking it down, I was like, oh my goodness, these guys were so wide open because Philadelphia had no clue, no answer. So it was just it was a genius offensive play calling, and then everything else that Shane touched on. There's no reason for me to go over it anymore. It was just to me, it was it was an amazing second half. Well, for me personally, I'll well, just, I want to ask like, both of you. Go ahead. I was gonna say it's not like I Philadelphia ask both played of bad. You know, no, they played a great game. And that's my question. I hate to bring this up, but I'm going to. With Tom Brady being retired for good <laughs> this time, I know people are going to want to latch on to a new dynasty. I don't know if they're a dynasty yet, but five consecutive AFC title games, three Super Bowl appearances, two wins. Do you start seeing the Chiefs being talked about in that conversation, especially if they do this again next year? Greg? Oh, for sure. I think that them winning this one is our, the the chatter starting. 
Had they lost it, you'll see that you would see that chatter kind of die down. But them winning this one, winning to young quarterback. I, I heard the the talking head already start talking about the parallels of Andy Reid and Mahomes to Belichick and Brady, and yeah, I think you, you start to hear more of that chatter. Well, for me personally, on this side of the board, um, if they if the Chiefs had not won, you would continue to hear some of the gas bags. Do well, Mahomes is one and done. That's all we're going to see out of him. And it's like, uh, excuse me, one is more than how many, what percentage of the quarterbacks in the NFL have actually won as far as Super Bowls? <laughs> this was Super Bowl 57. So, how many? Brady won how many? Montana, Bradshaw won how many out of those 57? So, that number of overall quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks that have won one is. You know, let's put that world in proper perspective. Then we, of course, I still feel bad. Jim Kelly had four appearances. We're not going to go there, though. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, um, yeah, but I'd heard some of the gas bags earlier. It's like, you know, the Chiefs have to win to give some kind of validity or solidification. No, they damn well don't. It's a it's a feat to make it there to begin with. And yes, I'm going to sound like that um, Buffalo Bills fan from how many years ago? Thanks for playing. Um. If Jalen and the Philadelphia Eagles would have won, I would say the positivity should have rained more on Philly than the negativity on KC. But lo and behold, in the second half of that game, I'm not even going to talk about the – if you start talking about the missed calls or the calls that should have been no calls by the ref team, by the third team on the field – you're going to go into a rabbit hole that's going to sit back. You're just, you can't dig out of to a great degree because there were some glaring no calls. There were some glaring misses and there were a couple that's like, yeah, this shouldn't have been called to begin with. So that's an entirely different bird, but taking everything into consideration from my perspective, the second half that the Kansas city chiefs played looked like a continuation of their super bowl win from a couple of years ago. It's like, Things just seemed like they picked right back up. Yeah, that first half was a totally different ball game. That was Phillies. But why? And just like people ask what happened to the Falcons after the collapse against the Patriots, you can't call a two-score victory or two-score difference a collapse. You really can't. Now, statistically, how well the um, the Chiefs played in the second half, you can say that they dominated. Sure. Philly had the upper hand in the first half. So for everybody who said that the um, Philadelphia Eagles collapsed in the second half, it was only a 10-point lead, kids. It's not like they were ahead by four touchdowns or three touchdowns and a field goal. That would have been a collapse in my book. <laughs> That's just called the other team getting their blank together and getting – Play in the game. But, yeah, congratulations. Well, Go ahead. I, I just will finish my thoughts on this. You mentioned about quarterbacks winning Super Bowls. Patrick Mahomes now is the only active quarterback in the National Football League with two Super Bowls. Yes. Tells you how the winds of change are going in pro football. He's only 27. And for all those fans in Buffalo and Cincinnati getting hype, we beat him in the regular season. It's still Kansas City you got to go through. And what's scary, they still don't have a very, very good running game. And they've won two Super Bowls here. Look at it. Um, so I would be reticent to use the D word 
for a little while longer, maybe at least one to two more years. Um, I was hesitant to use the D word for the Patriots inside the first couple of wins because, you know, and you just brought that point up. This is um, this makes Patrick Mahomes the only active quarterback in the National Football League, especially as a starter with two Super Bowl rings. So let's get a little bit further down the road before you start talking dynasty. Now, as far as dominating the AFC in the playoffs, yes, you can mention you can bring that that D word in. But I wouldn't use the word dynasty quite yet. Close, getting closer. I give it at least one more year. If they go back to the Super Bowl next year, then, or at least to the AFC title game next year, then we'll start to talk dynasty. Because regular season. Could you imagine six consecutive conference title games? Hmm. Somebody asked the Alabama. I, mean, I, hope for, I hope for people listening, you know, that that's no small feat here. No, it's not. I mean, let's look at other sports and teams that have not made it to two consecutive, much less, because let's look at college football. Let's go Big Ten, Pac-12, um, Big 12, Big Ten, Southeastern Conference, ACC. If I said SEC twice, guess what? I'm in the, I'm in the, I'm in the Southeastern Conference. I'll say it twice. Actually, I'm still in Conference USA. Go Blazers. But um, (laughs) yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Um, It's difficult for in any sport, for any team, to build that kind of a resume. And once again, even especially in football, where there are so many independent variables, Baseball, you can trade people in and out kind of kind of seamlessly. In football, you've got 11 on the field at a time on both sides of the ball and then special teams. And if your starters get hurt, that changes the entire dynamic. Baseball, you can always have somebody move up a, a position or down a position, depending. So, yeah, it, it's it, you're getting there with Kansas City. I just, like I said, give it one more year and see what happens. If they go all the way next year, then I'll say Dynasty with no problem. Hey, and, you know, one more, you were talking about the movers and shit. Because I just thought as you were saying this, Kadarius Tony, a first-round pick out of the University of Florida for the New York Giants, good coaches. The Chiefs got him for a bag of beans, and there he is wide open for a touchdown and the longest punt return in Super Bowl history, helping them win. You know, he's only 23 years. I lost you. Here's one question. Go ahead. And this this is one big thing that we are we always got to ask ourselves. Like when we have you know any type of quote unquote well any success and especially sustained success success. <laughs> so they just lost Eric Eric Bieniemy to the Commanders, offensive coordinator. We know Andy Reid is probably the one who's really heading that up. Does that affect them next year? Shane. Uh, I know Patrick Mahomes swears by Eric Bieniemy. I know he said before the Super Bowl that every team should have an Eric Bieniemy that gets them prepped for a game. Um, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole on Eric Bieniemy, but I think Eric Bieniemy needed to take this job with the Commanders because of what uh, Greg just said. It's Andy Reid calling the play, even though he's the coordinator that helps put in schemes and goes over things in practice. You're looking at the commanders, that quarterback situation. Now, there's some skill players there, tremendously. Three receivers, two good running backs. But if he goes to the Washington commanders and gets a very good viable offense going, 
then I think Eric Bieniemy absolutely should be in contention for a head coaching job. I know a lot of people say he should have it already, but I will say this. As a Miami Dolphins fan, I saw this with Joe Philbin. Joe Philbin was the offensive coordinator in Green Bay. He got the rub with Aaron Rodgers, and it was Mike McCarthy calling plays. He came down to Miami, and he was a flounder as a flop as a head coach. He hasn't gotten a head coaching job yet. I don't wish that on Eric Bieniemy, but knowing that, I think he's going to have to prove it somewhere else. But as far as Kansas City, um, if it's Andy Reid calling it, surely he can find someone else to uh, help with the formations and schemes as long as he's the guy dialing up the uh, X's nose. Now, let me throw – let's keep it on football for a hot second because also yesterday, where as one season ended a week ago, another season began 24 hours ago, actually about 27 hours to be exact – and that would be the return of the XFL. This is one that has been under heavy scrutiny by a lot of people as far as football fans go because there were so many who were looking forward to the return of the USFL last year. I was one of them because my town, Birmingham, got a team. The Stallions return. Y'all know me. I was at three of those games last year. And from there... With the XFL returning yesterday, I was watching some of the clips and the crowd that was actually at that first game. I believe it was Arlington um, as they defeated Vegas, I believe it was. Um, excuse me. Yeah, Arlington defeated Vegas 22-20 to yesterday. I'm sitting back going, Funkadelic score? I can dig this. Um, the crowd actually looked pretty solid. Not anything to knock down the doors about because the first game of the USFL from last year had a good crowd at it. And... I'm going to go, um, there's a hundred different ways I could go with the next three questions. I'm just going to go and lay it out there. Considering what you might have heard and seen over the last 27 hours as it pertains to the first two to three games of the XFL season, are you optimistic, and they still have one that is in progress tonight, game four, week one. How optimistic are you that the XFL will make that splash that a lot of people feel that it should coming back this year. Greg, I'll go to you first. Um, <clears throat> I watched the game last night, the Orlando-Houston game. I like their presentation. Uh, kind of going in from, from that standpoint. I did not see any of the Vegas-Arlington. I know I haven't gotten to your question yet, but <laughs> the Vegas-Arlington game, I don't know what that crowd looks like. In Houston, that crowd was horrible. And I think I don't know if they're relying on ticket sales, or if they're just looking at you know ESPN, ABC for their money. I kind of look at it from that perspective. If it's the ESPN, ABC, and they have a little bit of a tie into the NFL, and then some really nice back backing with you know with The Rock and his his whole company, I think it's gonna be viable. I think that um, they have some people in it, but I think the the struggle for me right now is I don't know hardly any of these players. I don't see. You know, the, the stories they tried to build, um, I watched part of a show on ESPN, happened to have it just playing, and they're like kind of in training camp, getting prepared for the draft or whatever, and they're trying to, you know, get some stories. But, you know, when the XFL kicked off before, even USFL or even the AAF a few years ago, right? they had some players that they came in out and said, hey, you were wondering where he is, or, or, or they had some tie-ins. Outside of A.J. McCarron and Vic Beasley, I don't know hardly anybody in this this the whole um, roster. And that's just kind of weird to me. Um, I just felt like there was going to be a few more former NFL 
made some splash that may come in and they can build around. So, I, you know, when we're in our country, we we love our stars. Yeah. So I'm just kind of curious. I think the interesting thing is going to see how how does it go um, with the USFL because it's very 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 weird to be quite honest to have two outdoor football leagues going to be going head to head in the spring on major networks. Shane, one thing that I think behooves the XFL is they started play this weekend. A week after the National Football League ended, you didn't wait till March and April when college basketball and baseball start creeping up and taking over the headlines. You started immediately. I think that can only help. McGregs, Vic Beasley, A.J. McCarron, I will say, and I saw this earlier in the evening, the night game, uh, for another star at least, someone who has been a long time, but he led the NFL in receiving yards seven seasons ago, the much maligned and well-traveled Josh Gordon. Oh. is a receiver for Seattle, and he's called a touchdown tonight. Um, and he brought up A.J. McCarron. Eddie, I watched the final quarter while I was watching the Daytona 500. Yes, I actually sat through most of the entire race today. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but the St. Louis Battlehawks, <laughs> yes, that's a real team, were playing the San Antonio Bahama. Uh, they were down 12. San Antonio. 12 points. Brahmas, as in Brahma Bulls? Brahma, excuse me. No worries. I'm thinking of the Bahamas. I'm longing. Vacation. Um, Vacation. But they were down down 12 with three minutes to go, and they come back and win this game, 1850. And one of the rules that came in was after they scored, they elected to go for a fourth and 15 plus, opposed to an onside kick, and A.J. McCarron converted with a dime, a rope of a throw. And that was amazing. I love that element of you want the onside kick, which you only saw, I believe, two recovered in the NFL this regular season. Or do you go for a nearly impossible fourth and 15? You got to score. I love having that option. They converted it again down three minutes to go. You come back and win 18 15. That's the kind of result that I hope, you know, online as well as maybe Sports Center recovered. I mean, that's something you just don't see every day. That would get a little buzz. Uh, coming out of week one, I think you should also push. I don't know what he's going to do the rest of the game, but people know Josh Gore. Uh, now they may know him as a punchline, but that guy is a tremendous receiver when he's on the field. Unfortunately, he just hasn't been, and now he finds himself in the XFL. But it, it, he's a story. If he can stay clean, that guy's got all the talent in the world for a guy, again, who has led the NFL for a season in receiving yards. So, uh, again, I like the idea of starting – right away after the NFL. Don't do it in mid-March and April when we've had some time to get away from football and concentrate on other sports. Um, okay. I will admit I am very guilty of turning my nose up to the concept of the XFL because of one of its major backers. Regular listeners to this station and the, sh- and the shows they're in know that I'm no longer the biggest fan of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Now, his former and still current, um, his okay, his former in real life, as well as his business ally, Danny Garcia, big fan of hers, <laughs> big fan, of, no, plain and simple. Um, but I basically dismissed because of my disdain for the one-dimensional narcissist that has become Dwayne Johnson. These are my opinions on this one, kids, and yeah. 
plain and simple. I'll stand by him. I wasn't a big fan. I, I, I was basically apathetic or completely ambivalent as it pertains to the XFL. However, I found myself sitting back saying, that's not fair. I tell myself on a regular basis, you have to look at the overall picture, not just one facet of it. I did not get a chance to catch yesterday's action. And because I was on the road half of today, didn't get a chance to catch today. I will make up for that in weeks to come. Now, do I have a preference between XFL and USFL? Yeah, USFL, Birmingham Stallions. Thank you. Giddy up. I will be back at those games this year. Party at Protective. Um, but however, the, the point that Greg brought up is a point that I was using last year as well. You had so many players that were picked up off waivers that weren't well-known, if at all, for the USFL last year and XFL this year. However, they've done a better job in XFL of picking up a couple of names that make an immediate impact. It's like, wait a minute, A.J. McCarron? Why couldn't we get him in Birmingham <laughs> or somewhere closer if he's going to play XFL? And we're going to have a little bit of that problem again this year in the USFL due to the fact that six players from last year's Stallion squad were signed by the, um, by the NFL. So, once again, new faces come in. Now, I brought this up to a friend of mine here locally last year when the point of these are no names that we don't know what their talent level is, blah, 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 blah. Do we not remember high school when you didn't have a chance to do scouting reports on every person that took the field? Do we not remember college football when you have players come in that you didn't have a chance to see scouting reports on? How many times have you watched a game, high school, college, and or pro, where you weren't that familiar with people on the other side of the ball? quite often that's why i said give the usfl a chance for that because remember at its at its heart at its core this is a kid's game just like baseball just like basketball plain and simple and the people that are on the field are getting a chance not only to play that game but also to continue to pursue their dream of being the best in their chosen sport as well as make a living at it. So, all things in consideration, yeah, I can put the way I look at he who held up an entire movie franchise, I can put those feelings aside and look at the product that is on the field with a neutral perspective and hopefully a little bit more optimism now. So, I'm looking forward to being able to keep track of what's going on in the XFL, just like I'm looking for. And I agree with the fact that USFL should have started a little bit sooner this year. Um, I believe that considering last year, I believe the USFL was heavily backed by Fox and NBC. And this year, the XFL, <laughs> amazingly enough, you'd think it would be the other way around, has got ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and ABC backing them, which the Disney umbrella. So, it's yes, that money is going to help keep funding those leagues until the, uh, the attendance levels can come back up. And this is something that I tell people every day. It slides over to our primary realm of professional wrestling. I was going to go there. <laughs> 
It's great on television. It's better live. Shane, say it the way you want to say it. Say it. <laughs> well, no, I was going to go in a different direction. If you want me to do that now. Go ahead. Go ahead. I got about a minute left in the break or before the break. I was just going to say, I was thinking along the same lines. This is parallel to professional wrestling that the XFL, USFL to me, think 10 years ago, TNA and Ring of Honor. It's pro wrestling, but it's not WWE. May tune on and see some stars that used to be in WWE that are in TNA and Ring of Honor for various reasons. Some of the other guys you don't know. You had to get acclimated to them. And much like about 10 years ago that I'm speaking of, if you're worth and weight and, uh, worth your weight in gold, you're very good. You probably won't be in TNA. You're going to be in WWE, and I feel that's kind of the same with the XFL and USFL. Uh, unlike, though, those two... Uh, promotions that may have been not on viable networks that you could find so easily, uh, as Eddie alluded to, these two football promotions, two companies, <laughs> they actually have viable network television. So kudos to them. Tell you what, folks, we're going to head for our first break. Back in on live version, back in five. Replay, one click. Hang tight. We'll be right back. This is Beyond Ringside Live on the Beyond Ringside Radio Network. This is Hermit Crab, and you're locked into Beyond Ringside. Too salty. When planning your next party or special event, insist on the best. Full Range Entertainment is a professional entertainment company providing a full range of services. From professional disc jockeys and MCs to catering and photography, when the details of your special day must be perfect, call us first. Wedding receptions, corporate parties, school functions, birthday celebrations, and more. We also have Birmingham's largest selection of karaoke tracks available. With over 40 years combined experience, Full Range Entertainment can provide you with the talent and professionalism you need and deserve to make your next event one you'll never forget for more information on the full range of services we offer call 533-HITS that's 533-HITS or check us out on our website at fullrangeentertainment.com with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everyone. I'm Truman, the co-founder of Forza Lucha, and you are locked in to Beyond Ringside. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And for those listening live, yes, we came back a little bit early. Guess what? We were having, t- you know, we have an advantage that a lot of companies don't have because of the simple fact that they have structured breaks, so to speak, because they're networked. Because I own the station, we can change that. <laughs> Damn it, I love them when that happens. Um, welcome back into Beyond Ringside Live, Fast Eddie Lane, Shane Knowles, Greg Troxel on this Sunday night. By the way, Keep your eyes and ears open. Um, when we are live, normally I am at the Beer Hog in Pelham, Alabama. And as we're getting closer and closer to WrestleMania, I'm going to go and throw this one out there. Uh, we may try to do something sneaky on WrestleMania Sunday. I'm going to leave it at that. But we will be live before WrestleMania Sunday kicks off. I don't count the pre-show. I'm counting when the official main title rolls, they hit DTR, and they go for the theme music and go straight into the broadcast. So, once again, keep your ears open. We're going to be in multiple location stations all the way through WrestleMania, and we're actually going to have a calendar of events that is going to be taking place for those headed for the West Coast because there are a lot of events already booked for WrestleMania week out near um, SoFi and in that area. So, once again, we're going to work on getting that calendar out to everybody. Um, Also going to try to post a lot of stuff on social media in the coming days. Thanks to Web Connection sucking major rectum yesterday, I can get a chance to put the teasers up online like I wanted to for um, Elimination Chamber and also a couple days before that before uh, for Battle in the Valley. But let's come back to this for a second. Um. We were gonna, and we're gonna get into the whole scenario with um, elimination chamber in a few minutes. Trust me on that one. We normally don't go this heavy on football, but something was brought up off air, and I'm gonna lead in this particular regard because both when it comes to XFL and USFL, broadcast partnerships are a beautiful thing. Yes, just like a lot of wrestling companies are finding out, you have to have a steady and constant broadcast partner, television, whatever. Streaming works somewhat. However, something that I think would be a great idea, and this is just me, you've got major companies out there. Now, granted, and I'm referring to food service companies, granted venues have food service deals cut on their own, but I'm talking about, and Shane and Greg both brought up the concept of cultivating the community. And it's not as cold as I just made it sound. One of the coolest things for me personally in Birmingham is there is a location of Buffalo Wild Wings about 15 minutes from my door right now where I am. And they are they have 
the official contingent for the um, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, which will which will congregate there. If you could come up with now, granted, your two major sports franchise um, sports food. Okay, uh, your food franchises like Buffalo Wild Wings, Hooters, um, Dave and Buster's isn't doesn't have that kind of market penetration as those other two companies do. Um, but I'm sure that there is a way that other companies can help to build relationships in the community to try to help promote for these organizations, XFL and USFL. Now, taking that one into context, Shane, you were bringing up something during the break that I wanted to... Okay. <laughs> Sorry, we're also in production as well as during the audio. <laughs> Shane, you were, make, um, you were making a reference to something when we were in the break. Go ahead. Um, come back to where you were. Yeah, I think it would benefit uh, both the XFL and USFL uh, since there's maybe not a lot of star names on the onset um, to build around the concept of and the cities. Get a following. Think of the Pittsburgh Steelers who travel east coast to west coast with the terrible towels, the Green Bay Packers who fan list of over 15 years to get season tickets into Lambeau Field, America's team, the Cowboys. Not saying it's going to be that big, but think of all, all these upstart leagues going all the way back to the Canadian football, World League, whatnot. What's the shelf life? Two, three years, four tops on this? Um, get it embedded where people could say, you know, maybe I don't know some of the players right off the bat, but you know what? I've been a Birmingham Stallions fan for a long time, five, six years now. And using the concept to get people in the door, uh, I'm stealing off of Greg here before I give him a chance, but <laughs> off of minor league baseball and baseball, especially in the 70s and 80s, giveaway night. Things yeah. like collectible cups, collectible helmets to hold your nachos and cheese, maybe even free camp, free T-shirt night through the first five or 10,000 things to get you in the door, get you engaged. And when that person leaves, they've got, you know, some swag from team that they didn't have to go to NFL shop.com and pay 10 times market value. Yeah. What it's worth. They've already got a piece for their office, their home. Maybe somebody sees it. And I'll, you know, I'll also tell you about this. Rome wasn't built in a day. We know that. Right. People are so quick to cancel things. A show that I have started watching from the beginning, it's in my time of all time on Peacock. Cheers. When Cheers debuted, ah. the network wanted to cancel it because it was a bottom five program no, it, no, on no, network no. television. It finished. The studio exec hung with it. Who swept the next decade as the number one spot in the Nielsen ratings? Cheers. Give some things some time. Out of 75 shows, if I remember my numbers correctly, Cheers finished 75 out of 75 in its first runs in its debut season. It actually started to pick up momentum in the summer reruns of its first season. And then when season two kicked in, the numbers began to build and build and build. Then it became the runaway freight train. So I remember that because the original show creators... um, Glenn Charles, Les Charles, and uh, James Burroughs actually brought that up on Cheers 200, the fact that it was the it was the bottom, the last show rated out of the original, um, out of the Nielsen ratings for that for their uh, fall season. So I remember that. <laughs> God. Yeah, I was gonna, and you know, people can scoff now, but I'm saying if it were to last four, five, six years and people got conditioned to knowing that there was going to all after the NFL every year, you may build in 
and something for people to look forward to and get invested. True. Well, I, I totally agree with what you're, what you're saying. It's like you you gotta you gotta build a crowd. So so I'm gonna tie it into wrestling from last night. I know we're not digging in yet, but that crowd that was in Montreal. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha! In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You want to be there. It made me want to be there just to feel it. And if they invest in their local teams and if they invest in making an entertainment venue not just football right i mean you got to make it different it's kind of like you said going into minor league baseball make it an event make it something that's the community wants to be there because now me as a viewer if that and i see birmingham and it's packed and people are partying and they're having fun can i go back to the old xfl they did that and it made you want to be there then i'm like man i can i can drive two and a half hours to over that Alabama and go watch a game. It's going to make me want to. But when I tune in as a casual viewer outside of those markets and I see two, three thousand people in the stands, it doesn't make me want to me that excitement. We know as wrestling fans that the crowd can be the fourth man in the ring. Right. And they could be that person who just draws you in and you're like, whoa, I, I need to be there. WWE's coming. AEW's coming. Whoever's coming. I want to be there. That's these guys should look at and kind of go how do we get this excitement in the stadium because if we can create it here it can then organically grow outside of here well one problem that i had coming out of the usfl season from last year people allowed that name factor okay i even brought this one up online and i think i brought it up on the show too because birmingham My home market, Birmingham, Alabama, has been burned so many times on expansion leagues, expansion teams, new franchises, everywhere from the Birmingham Americans, the Birmingham Steel, the Birmingham Fire, the, um, the Vulcans, the Thunderbolts, the Stallions, the Barracudas, you name it. And they've all been through no fault of this city. Yes, I'm defending my market for a minute. Through no fault of this city and the people that live here. Go back to the original numbers for the USFL. The Birmingham Stallions and the LA Express, or maybe it was the New Jersey Generals. We were one of two teams that were either right at break even or solvent financially. Look at your numbers from the original XFL. Birmingham was one of three cities that was either just below break-even, at break-even, or solvent. 
recouping losses. The same can be said for the World League of American Football, the Canadian Football League, the American, all of the above. This city has supported teams. And I think a lot of it has to do with that burnout factor. Oh, God, they're bringing back the USFL. What is it going to last five minutes again? So that is one perspective. But, folks, I've got to tell you, get over that crap. If you call yourself a football fan the same, and I approach you the same way I approach wrestling fans and MMA fans and boxing fans, fans of any industry and or sport and or sports entertainment business, you don't have the right to complain about it, genuinely complain about it, if you haven't tried to get out there and see what it's all about. I did. There were some moments that I'm going, huh? There were a lot of players that I was like, huh? Who were they? Okay, I'll look. But let's bring this one back up. I'm going to bring this one back into play. How many times have you watched a professional collegiate or high school sporting event where you didn't know the majority of the people out there? Oh, quite often. So your argument just got blown right out of the water. Now, you want to bring crowds up. I concur with the sentiment. And if you just saw even the main event from last night at Elimination Chamber, you know (laughs) I was out of my seat in awe of that crowd in Montreal last night. I'm also knowing the fact that the production truck is having a conniption fit going, we can't bleep this every time they say it. (laughs) Blank you, Roman. (laughs) Yes. That crowd owned the night. And I believe it was said during the post-show press conference that that was the longest sustained audience reaction in the history of that venue. Good. Go back. <laughs> Have another show there in sooner than than 20 years. <laughs> now that all this other crap's over with, so to speak, and Canada's actually allowing people to come in, guess what? They can do it probably once every five years. I think it should be more often than that. I think it should be once every three. Make it a special event, but don't make it a regularly occurring event. You know, people down here, they get burned out. It's like, hey, WWE's coming back. Weren't they just here two weeks ago? Yeah, that was raw. Oh, what is it now? SmackDown. Oh, okay. But, yeah, I mean, and the three of us have all been and or currently still are in-ring performers. All three of us have been behind that microphone at any particular point in time. We've been a part of those live events on the recipient and or giving side. So we know, I mean, we know the rush when you have a hot crowd. And that one was a 12 on a scale of 1 to 10. Thank you, Montreal, for just absolutely showing everybody the way they should be partying at a live event. Not trying to hijack a show if you're in in Chicago with a CM Punk chant. That just got so old. Yes, we knew CM Punk was from Chicago. There came a point where we didn't give a damn anymore. The rest of the country. We understand loyalty to somebody from the home market. But it got old. However, last night, if every city, if, if y'all could, folks, if you could learn anything from last night, 
that's what pro wrestling and sports entertainment was supposed to be. It's supposed to be a live event where you can go cut loose and have a little bit of fun, boo the bad guy, cheer the good guy, and just let it effing rip. All in all, last night, and I watched it start to finish, watched the main event twice, I'm giving Elimination Chamber a solid A on a traditional grading scale. I'm not going to do stars or anything like that. I'm not going to do beer mugs. I'm not going to do, you know, da 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 da. I don't do that crap. I do the traditional grading system. Last night was an A. Start to finish, bell to bell. I give all the credit in the world to the in-ring talent. Both of the Elimination chambers, Chamber matches were extremely entertaining. I had fun watching them. They gave us all a great share of holy bleep moments. The Edge and Beth versus Finn and um, Rhea Ripley match. Enjoyed it, even though there was an almost blown spot and near for a near pin. The Lashley-Lesnar match was cool to watch. You have to understand the dynamic of the competitors going into a match before you can genuinely appreciate the, what they're putting together in the ring. You know that Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley are not going to turn around and do not, um, 1,900 Hurricane Ranas and Tope Suicidos. You're not going to get a shooting star press because the last time Brock tried to do something like that, he gave himself a concussion. Remember that night? But let, going start to finish, Zane, Roman, oh, God, that's a main event I wish I could have been there in person for. Yes, I would have loved to have been in Montreal for that. I didn't lose a damn thing in Montreal. <laughs> but I would love to have been there for that show. Because of that crowd and the energy that they generated for the talent that was in the ring. So thank you, Montreal. And thank you, WWE and all of the in-ring performers behind the scenes, in front of the cameras, all the tech crew, D, all of the above, for putting together a great show last night. Pound for pound, a show that was better to me than the Royal Rumble was. So what if half the outcomes were predictable? I can check that at the door. That's not going to be a determining fact. Oh, I knew Cody was going to be number 30 at the Rumble. Big deal. It's about the story. Stay with the story sometimes. Enjoy the surprises, but stay for the story. Same thing with Sammy. Sammy, I offered this up to everybody I knew who was a pro wrestling fan about a week ago. I will give you 100,000 hypothetical dollars. Yes, I put hypothetical in there. To make one wager of however much of that money you want to that you believe Sammy Zayn is going to win the, um, the Undisputed Championship last night. Most people were in that five to twenty-five thousand dollar range. Nobody went over one quarter of that money. It's kind of like when you're getting ready to go into Final Jeopardy and you've got a ten thousand dollar lead, and you don't know the topic that's coming up. You're going to bet one. You're going to wager a dollar. <laughs> that's me on that one. I would have wagered a thousand at most, maybe twenty-five hundred, because you knew. Zayn wasn't going to win. In your heart, you knew. You prayed WWE would pull the trigger. You hoped WWE would pull the trigger. But in your heart of hearts, you knew they weren't because too much is riding on certain storylines right now. 
And I don't think that they could have banked enough on a pure face matchup to make this work for the championships at Mania. I don't give WWE creative that much credit for being able to package this properly. Vince would have had a conniption fit. Vince would have said, no, pal, that doesn't work for me. You got to make one of them heel-ish. Make one of them the heavy, the anti-hero. You can't have a face matchup at Mania. Not like that. But we're hitting that road with six weeks to go. So, coming out of last night, Shane, I know you told me off air that you caught the main event itself. Your thoughts on that one, brother, and the overall effect of what you saw and experienced? Well, I feel like Greg uh, coming off the Super Bowl discussion. I don't know how much more I can add to that <laughs> that you just did, but I will certainly try. Personal um, perspective. <laughs> I, you asked me this question, and I said I would put ten thousand on it. Now the reason why is because you're going to be a hundred thousand allegedly to play with. I'm pocketing ninety thousand that I don't have, even with a bet on Sami Zayn. Um, I also told you that I thought if Triple H really, really, I like what he's done, but if he really wanted to carve out that own niche, go with the hot pan. Pull the switch. Even if you switched it back the next night on Raw, even if you went triple threat at Mania, do it. And I knew he wasn't, just like you said. But what I liked about this, that match was 30 minutes. And it didn't drag. And Sami Zayn looked like a viable competitor to Roman Reigns. I think that is the best thing that could come that, was that it wasn't treated like a joke. It wasn't treated like a you're not supposed to be here or a Triple H promo towards Booker T. Guys like you don't win the title. Sami Zayn was portrayed as a guy that could get it done. And, man, he took one heck of a beating. Those comebacks, the false finishes, they were there with it. As you alluded to, the crowd was there for everything. And I want to give Roman Reigns some credit, uh, which I don't often do. But his facial expressions yes. conveying anger to Sami Zayn's wife about, I hate that I'm having to do this in that position yeah. that was some of the best character work i've seen roman reigns do hats off to you sir um but it was electric um and you you spoke of vent i don't think vince would have had this match booked i think he would have been like we're doing cody and reigns there's no sense in sammy saying get a title shot here but i thought that main event was one of the best as far as worked crowd reaction and I'll ask uh, what I mean by best, and that goes into my question to Greg and then over to you. Guys, can you remember a better main event in recent memory that wasn't at one of the big four, the Rumble, Mania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, than what you witnessed last night? Oh, no. And, and I'm not even looking at just – not even just in ring. It's what it accomplished. It's – it made Sammy a bigger star. And give give Roman credit. Roman was very forgiven, and the way he did things, what he did, it wasn't the beatdown. It was the talking. It was the "I loved you." It's the, the stuff he did and the things he did. And like you said, bringing in the wife, but they didn't go over the top. I mean, everything was just like right there to these edges, and I was like, man, this is so perfect. And Elimination Chamber has always been that throwaway. It's been that. Elimination Chamber is good, but the rest of the cards just a throwaway. It's on our road to WrestleMania. Last night, I can't remember looking forward to a main event that on a quote unquote one of the no, not on tentpole events, 
as much as last night, I can't remember a main event delivering. Yeah. Especially, like you said, on a secondary pay-per-view, much less, I can even almost, almost say some of the main pay-per-views. <laughs> um, that, that, it's just a much. It reminds me of what Brett and Austin did. When they came out of that Mania match, they were both bigger stars. They, even though they did the double switch and everything, but they, they, they made each other even bigger. It was huge coming out of it because of what Brett did for him, and that's what they just did to Sammy couple of things I want to hit real quick. Number one, um, I got tickled at the commentary team, Michael Cole especially, when twice during the lead-in, he made the comment, you got to make them believe. This is something your commentary team does not discuss. Because when you put out there, Sami Zayn has to make Montreal believe that, that he can take this championship. That's a creative plot point, not a public discussion point. That pulls Curtin back too much, in my opinion. Now, different people are going to have different perspectives on how that phrase was utilized. Ooh, ooh, ooh I got to jump in. I got to interrupt you. Come on. That goes back to Monday when Sammy's up there questioning himself. He's asking Cody, do you not believe can do this and cody's in his mouth in his face he says i believe it do you believe it so what cole's saying ties back into this entire storyline this storyline has so many little layers yes. that so many people have had little comments to so when michael cole said that it to me it tied right back into what sammy's saying self-doubt i didn't take that away from that i didn't i believe that when when cole said that it's like why is he saying to us that he that zane has to make montreal believe montreal already believes my god did you not hear the reaction <laughs> they were behind him from the get-go and even before but so but like i said this that's a ticky tack little thing it's not a huge deal to me on that one but it just is something that stuck with me. Number two is about midway through, Zane's on both knees looking up at Roman while Roman's slapping him. And you could easily t see Sammy look at Roman and say, slap me. And Roman did. It's like, it made me wonder for a minute who really was calling that match last night. Because in theory, gentlemen, should I pull the curtain back to hell? In, Go for it. In most cases, if you have, okay, I'll say it like this. You're stronger behind the scenes, not politically, but talent-wise and tenure-wise. will normally get the nod to call the majority of the match. Experience dictates that to a great degree. Now, in reality, a lot of the times, your antagonist is going to be more of the caller because they're listening to the crowd just as much as the babyface, but more often than not, a good heel knows how to get heat faster than a good babyface knows how to get a pop. Gentlemen, would either of you like to take umbrage with that last comment? <laughs> well, he did say slap me, but... but Roman had already slapped him either once or twice. Right, I know, but he was saying, but he and was saying, so do it again. He was, it was almost like, do it again. Yeah. Like, but, but they understood. I, I, I've been in, haven't been in the ring. Normally, the heels call on that match. Yeah. And, but you take feedback from each other and you feed off of each other. And 
it may have called like for one or whatever. But him saying that, I, I don't take, I don't think, I don't, I don't know any question who's calling it per se, just because been in that heat of the battle and you may be like, you know what, just do it again. Kind of like Foley with their chair shots back in the day. He's like, do it yeah. again. Brock took it too far. However, do it again. Yeah. That kind of a thing. So I, I didn't take much umbrage with it. Well, like I said, it was just a ticky tack thing to me. Um, the, as far, it just made me wonder, it's like, who's really calling the majority of this? Now, remembering the fact that overall, Sami Zayn does have quite a bit more ring time and camera time than Roman does, especially as singles, because I'm remembering how far back Sami does go, even in a generic O timeline or calendar. Yeah, that sounded better in my head than it sounded on the earpieces. Sorry, kids. But, you know, even going back to the his original music at NXT in the um, first part of the WWE run, like they did Friday night, Montreal was just phenomenal. The, realistically, everything put in play, even with the comment made by um, Cole, even with being able to, it's like getting me wondering, who's really calling this match? Is it Sammy? Okay, we'll keep going with that. Um no complaints even except it's funny because i was reading on one of the sites where apparently i missed the part of the interview with triple h at the post conference or post show conference where he made the statement that he felt the spirit of pat patterson and i'm sitting back going that makes sense because there was a lot of gaga at the end of that match and (laughs) which everybody longtime fans know that patterson was a big fan of the gaga but tell you what, we're about to head to the top of the hour break. Um, we can pick this discussion back up in hour two, unless there's something one of y'all really just wants to nail on what one of us just said. Shane? No, I'm good. Greg? Uh, I'm good. We can pick it up after. Sounds like a plan to me as he leans over and hits the clock. Hang tight, folks. Hour one of the book's going to come back. Hour number two or segment three, depending on how you want to put it. For us, it's all the A block. There's never a B block or a C block because this is Beyond Ringside Live. Stay with us. Are you looking for premium-grade CBD products and supplements from a source you can trust? Then visit Calm Peak at calmpeak.net. We offer premium-grade broad and full-spectrum CBD products made from U.S.-grown hemp and lab-tested to ensure quality and safety. And we provide a 90-day money-back guarantee. We've won the Best in Show Edible Award, Best Minor Cannabinoid Formulation, and Best Delta A Tincture 2021. Go to calmpeak.net to see our full line of premium-grade CBD products and supplements, as well as beverages, apparel, and more. calmpeak.net. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. On this beautiful Sunday night, welcome back into Beyond Ringside Live on this, yep, still the 19th day of February. I'm actually quite surprised that I haven't screwed up before now and still said 2022. I actually wrote it once, and that was on January 1st. Other than that, I'm fine. (laughs) Always ready to have a little fun on this Sunday night edition. Fast Eddie Lane over here. Shane Knowles, welcome back. Hey, hey, hey. Welcoming back, Greg Troxell. You went, hey, 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 then I got to go, what's happening? <laughs> I just completely blanked on every kid's show reference I could have possibly used. <sighs> I'm going to go call a different version of Thelma than what we're used to. Uh, meanwhile, back at the ranch. <laughs> we have, of course, by the way, before we get into this, Shane, I'm doing a double shot in your direction. Um making his return to the stand-up stage last night, our very own Shane Knowles. Shane, how'd everything go last night? A really good crowd last night. We had double the crowd that we had in January. Uh, That was the second time uh, that I've done uh, stand-up comedy this year. I had not done it since 2012. And much like with uh, pro wrestling, I think any sport, any art, I think you get a little bit better each time. I felt better. In the flow, uh, the club owner told me that my set was far more sharpened and organized this go around. So uh, that was fun to see. And thanks for Happy Hour Comedy Club and Aniston for having me last. Absolutely tremendous. One of these days we're going to have, I'm going to keep us all in the loop about when you return back up there. You got it. Make it a party at Happy Hour. <laughs> Time to bring the party on the road. That's all I'm going to say. That's one thing that I'm working on right now because um, coming out of the interview and the return visit from Scott Hensley with Scenic City a couple of weeks ago, working on the idea of taking Beyond Ringside back on the road full scale, just like it was back years ago. And, well, of course, I do say years ago, pre the blip. (laughs) Thank you, Marvel Cinematic Universe, for not letting me steal that. I just stole it on my own. Um, So... You never know, honestly, as things start to really get back in the full swing of um, possibly getting everything mobile again is what I was trying to say. Um, Love to be able to get this back to the roots of us taking this thing on the road one way or the other. So you never know what's going to happen. Keep your eyes open on beyondringside.com, which I finally regained access to the website. And it's not like it was pirated or hacked or anything like that. I had a computer crash and all the credentials were on one particular computer and I had to get everything reset on that box so I could regain access and re-note all the um, material that I needed. So we'll leave it at that. Not only... Can I just throw something out here? Go for it. This is a joke. I am watching the NBA All-Star game. Now, I fully well know. 
that defense is not played in the NBA All-Star game. But this haphazard attempt of throwing the ball around, out of bounds, off shoes, guys trying to throw it off the backboard to themselves, this is ridiculous. And maybe I sound like an old, like, can we play a little bit of actual professional basketball? And the reason I say that, I know the NFL got rid of the Pro Bowl and went to the flag football and all the skills challenges. It needed to happen. Uh, Major League Baseball uh, still treats it all-star game where guys actually try, pitchers pitch, hitters hit. I think the NBA, this is in my opinion, just stick to the slam dunk contest, the three-point shootout, the skills competition. As I watch John Morant try to do a dunk through his legs and fumble the ball out to the other team, <laughs> I think it would boo-hoo the NBA to, just, to go that route. Um, I stopped watching the all-star game a few years ago. Because I saw the same thing start. I saw the the de-evolution of the All-Star game. And, you know, Major League Baseball still gets it right to a great degree because they still put the emphasis on the game itself. And a lot of what the NBA has been doing over the last few years has made it that le- that much less relevant to me. Because... Yes, I'm a fan of defense. Yes, I'm an old-school fan of the West Coast up-tempo offense. Just as much as I was a fan of the Eastern ball control offense and defense. But there comes a point where you overemphasize trying to make it more of a spectacle than an actual game. And when you get to that point you've lost the purpose of what brings a lot of the people there. I mean, if I want to see 19 different ways to do a slam dunk, I'll watch the slam dunk challenge. Of course, the question is, yeah, of course, the overall question is, is there genuinely a new and innovative way that you can slam dunk a foot, um, a basketball? I think they're doing a better job of that in the NFL now. (laughs) Go ahead. Well, now if you watch that, if you watch that kid Matt last night, yeah, that won the dunk competition, he was innovative, and I know some will scoff that he's a YouTube star who signed a two-way, ten-day contract with the Sixers, and that's so detriment to him. To me, what you're speaking to, Eddie, those skill competitions in the '80s, the actual All Stars participated in the three-point shootout. Vince Carter, Michael Jordan, Dominique Wilkins, the list goes on of people who are actually playing in the All-Star game, these skills competitions, the guys that are in it now, well, now the three, you know, I had some sorry, but the dunk competition, I mean, you're talking guys that end of the bench, second unit guys that aren't sniffing the All-Star game for the most part. And I think that hurts it. That guy did, he did a 540 dunk last night. The 360 used to be something. This guy did a one and a half helicopter while grabbing the ball off a friend who was sitting on another friend's shoulders. Now that was impressive. Okay, I'll yeah, go he with. He was it. very impressive. Okay, so he's a G leaguer. Yeah, he plays in the G League. And I, I heard a radio personality here in Atlanta several years ago. He said, "You know what? Do away with the slam dunk competition. Guys don't want to come in. Stars don't want to do it. They say it hurts their knees and makes them tired. Whatever." He's like, "Go out here and find some street ballers. <laughs> Let them do it mm-hmm. to entertain the fans." Look, realistic. And you know what? Go ahead. That's basically what they did last night. And that kid. Yeah. Killed it, and I was like, when I first saw the house, I said, "I'm like, who the hell is he?" <laughs> right. But you know what? When I first saw that first dunk that I saw, I was like, 
I don't really care who he is. I just want to see another one. And I agree. These, especially midseason, uh, it's, it's happened with hockey as well. And I'm not a big hockey fan, but when I've watched it, they don't kind of care. You know, they've had to re- redo it. There was a time when, you know, guys got out there and hit each other, but now everybody's so protected. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying that, you know, I get it. It's a lot of money and all that. It's like, you know what? I agree. It's almost like, don't even play it. What's the point? You know, it's almost funny because I I sit back and I wonder if, and this is where I miss the pure intent of the brand versus brand survivor series. Because in its purest form, if you were to do that and, or night of champions, brand versus brand and, if you could go back to the original intent behind the brand split and keep everybody separate, none of this superstar crossover once a year, once every six months, but preferably once a year, keep the traditional value on it. There was another word I was trying to say and matches that you wouldn't normally see. When you can do stuff like that. Now, yeah, the skills challenges when it was the A-list actually competing in them, especially the three-point and the slam dunk. I mean, look, when I was living in Atlanta years ago and Dominique and Spud were still playing and John Concack almost got ran out of town on a rail because of something, something he said in an interview. You know, if I could make the same amount of money at a desk job, I'd take the desk job. Then go take the desk job, you moron. <laughs> but tell you what, going to shift over. Is you're getting a little bit of a clue as to points of trivia that we were working with as far as name value. Well, speaking of name value, we have our very own trivia master in the family. Let's hit the music, please. Courtesy of Useless Trivia, which is the name brand, our very own Trivia Master, Shane Knowles. My brother, the floor is yours on this one. We will keep this sports related. We will keep it Super Bowl related. You two gentlemen and our listeners will be getting a sampling of questions that were asked, and I'll go ahead and do the shameless plug, at Back 40 Beer Company in Gaston, Alabama, where I host on Thursday evenings, 7 o'clock Central till 9 o'clock Central. We are getting ready to start uh, our Spring League 10 weeks that went really well last year. That begins Thursday, March 2nd, and will run all the way until Thursday, May the 4th. Be with you. Easy to remember. (laughs) But we're going to be able to break some ties here between uh, these two. Gentlemen, are you ready? As ready as I can be. Now, folks, here's... I will go to Greg first. Okay. Whether he is correct or incorrect, Eddie will have a chance to counter. My question, with Greg getting first crack at it, we have three teams in the National Football League that have won a Super Bowl with three different starting quarterbacks. Greg, can you name one? Three different. Um, wow. Uh, Dallas. 
Dallas was a very popular uh, guest at Back 40. Unfortunately, only Tra- uh, Troy Aikman and Roger Staubach. Eddie, your chance to steal. Get on the board. San Francisco 49ers. Also a popular guest. Only Joe Montana and Steve Young have won Super Bowls under center for the 49ers. Back to Greg. Three different QBs. Um, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. Terry Bradshaw, Ben Roethlisberger, also a popular guest. Only two have won a Super Bowl for the Steelers. I'll go for the 800-pound gorilla. <clears throat> Los Angeles Rams. They have won two Super Bowls with Kurt Warner and Matthew Stafford as their quarterbacks. We are looking to get on the board, and I've got faith that Greg's going to do it now. Oh, man, the the pressure. Uh, Let's see. (laughs) (laughs) I tried to set him up for this one. Oh, dang, Green Bay. Greg is on the board. We have Bart Starr, Brett Favre, and Aaron Rodgers have all won a Super Bowl for the Cheeseheads. Greg is up 1-0. Eddie going for the tie. <sighs> it is going to be a team that is... Those, say what? And for our listening audience, the incorrect answers have been Pittsburgh, Dallas, San Francisco. We have a Green Bay on the board. I'm very reticent about one team in particular, but I think it might be a... Give me the Baltimore Ravens just for fun. Two different starting quarterbacks for the Ravens. Uh, Joe Flacco and Trent Dilfer have won Super Bowls for the Ravens. Greg with a chance to win if on this round if he goes up 2-0. Man, now I'm just trying to think of people who have multiple championships. Um... Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with Redskins. Greg is up 2-0. Washington has won a Super Bowl with three different quarterbacks. And what I think Can amazing I about this is Coach Co- Sure. Rippin, Theisman. Williams. Correct. And Coach Joe Gibbs did this with three different starting quarterbacks in a 10-year period, which I don't know if we'll ever see again. Eddie, there's one more out there besides Green Bay and Washington that has won a Super Bowl with three different starting quarterbacks to avoid the shutout. Can you name it? I'm going Big Apple. Give me the New York Giants. Eddie is on the board. We have Jeff Hostetler, Phil Sibbs, and Eli Manning have all won a Super Bowl. Okay, I would not have remembered Hostetler if you'd have paid me the other two. Yeah, I can't remember those. No, I I actually thought about the Giants earlier. I'm like, no, I couldn't think of the third one. Oh, man. So Greg wins this round two to one. Our other Super Bowl question, which... None. I will say this, as you know, none of your correct guesses or none of your incorrect guesses on the previous question will apply here. 
Tennessee gets to start first on this one. Who are the five teams in the NFL that have won exactly one Super Bowl in franchise history? Ooh, shoot. <sighs> hmm. Well, Shane gave away some of the... So we know we've eliminated, we've eliminated the Giants, the Packers, the Washington football team, Commanders, uh, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Dallas, Baltimore. Give me the Miami Dolphins. Give me your team. <laughs> uh, the, the, the Dolphins actually have two. I wish it was more. Okay, never mind. Over to Greg. The Jets. The New York Jets with one Super Bowl victory with Joe, Joe Willie Namath. Correct. See, I thought he won two. That's why I didn't go with him. Greg Stoll, you're going to the Big Apple. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Well, there, Eddie, he went for a New York team. I know that one of those teams is going to be in my home division. And since I can't say the Falcons, I'm going to go with my most, I was just going to say despised team. Give me the New Orleans Saints because I can't think about about anybody other than Drew Brees that has won one. You are correct, correct, correct. We are tied. The New Orleans Saints with Drew Brees. Greg has the Jets looking to go up 2-1 here. Three teams that have won one Super Bowl in their history. Hmm. The music band adds to the pressure. Comes from one of my three favorite game shows of all time, Match Game. Thank you. (laughs) Because I think the Jeopardy theme is so played out. Oh, no. They didn't win. Damn it. I had one, and then they didn't win. They lost. Um... I I don't know if this is even right. I don't know if they won an actual Super Bowl, but I'm going to go with. The Browns? I know they have an NFL championship, but I don't know if they have a, a Super Bowl. Not a Super Bowl yet, and Cleveland actually has one of the few teams that has not made a Super Bowl. Yeah, so they do have history. NFL championships before that, though. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and Eddie, also Detroit Lions, same thing with Cleveland reasoning. Lots of NFL championships, no appearance on the big Super Sunday. But you have a chance to go up 2-1. I'm going to go with the team that lost this past weekend. Give me the Philadelphia Eagles. Ah, you are a wise man. They almost came off this list this past Sunday. Philadelphia with Nick Foles. Foles, that was the only one they had. Because I I knew they didn't win one. Super Bowl victory. I knew that Jaworski and McNabb, Donovan McNabb, did not win one. I was trying to think if there was another quarterback that even got him there other than. You are correct on all fronts. 
Uh, Jaworski, uh, that Eagles team, coached by the legendary Dick Vermeil, the first team to lose to a wild card as the Raiders won that Super Bowl. 80 up 2-1, back to Greg for the tie. I will say, among the two that you two gentlemen have left, is also one that only one out of 11 teams got at back 40 useless trivia. So it is escaping you much like it did all those other teams. <laughs> oh, man, I can't even think of teams now. Like I had that pressure. So, um, Eddie must know who it is now. Mm. Is it Chicago? Oh, that is the one that everyone missed. The 85 Super Bowl Shuffle Bears only have one championship. And I was hoping it would come down to this. Greg has the Jets. He has the Bears. Eddie has the Saints. And um, the Eagles, Eddie, to break the tie, floor is yours. That fifth and final team that has one Super Bowl victory in franchise history yeah greg, uh, greg brought up the bears because i was because that one thing that the super bowl shuffle kept going through my head with that punky qb known whose name mcmahon <laughs> um there's one that has just been uh, i'm arguing with myself i feel like i'm in the middle of a battle between alanis morissette and chad kroger to see who can wind the most in one song Okay. See, this is the fun part of being exactly the same age as the Super Bowl. Because <laughs> I'm going Because <laughs> you get to go back over quarterbacks that you know personally have won one, but there are some games off in the past that I can't remember if they even made it to the Super Bowl, much less won the damn thing. <sighs> and I will say, we've talked oh. about these teams. One of them we haven't. Three teams have come off this list in the last five years. The Kansas City Chiefs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the LA Rams. Okay, the team that uh, the team that keeps running through my head, I'm, I'm going to... Because for some reason, give me the Seattle Seahawks. Because I know Russell Wilson... For the win, Eddie Lade is correct. They should have had two if they had run the ball with Marshawn Lynch, but they passed it, one of the biggest blunders. Unfortunately, Seattle only has one. They do only have one. Eddie wins 3-2. Holy hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In my brain, I'm going, there's no way it's the Seahawks. They have another one. Well, much like I do on Thursday nights when we have a tie, Greg has won one round. Eddie has won the other round. Your tiebreaker question. And Greg gets to go first. Whoever gets the first one correct is right there currently two companies that are tied for the most expensive Super Bowl ad ever. In the year 2020, both of these companies shelled out $16.8 million for Super Bowl ad. I will tell you much like I told teams in Gaston, Alabama, it is not Budweiser or Doritos. Greg, do you have one of the companies? You just took mine out from under me, damn it. I'm going to go General Motors. 
Ooh, they do have one of the top five most expensive Super Bowl ads ever. But nope. Eddie, for the win. Okay. Budweiser would also eliminate Bud Light. Correct. Dur- you said Doritos? I will tell you both of you. It, it, Doritos, it's not a food or beverage. Oh, shoot. There went Pepsi. Because uh-huh. <laughs> there went my next one. Um, shoot. In 2020, both of these companies spent $16.8 million a piece on a Super Bowl ad. Microsoft. Oh, oh, you are in the right realm. I will go back over to Greg. I just gave it to Greg. <laughs> that has got to be Apple. Oh, incorrect. Back to Eddie. Oh! Okay, so it's not Microsoft. Android slash Google? Google is correct. Google with their advertisement called Loretta. The other company with their ad called Before Alexa, Amazon. So Amazon's in that top five as well. Amazon and Google are the two. You got Google, therefore you win the tiebreaker. Fast Eddie Lane with the useless trivia crown. Didn't see that one coming. I was swearing it was going to be Budweiser, and you took that one out from under me. It's like, okay, he said Bud's out. He said to, uh, he said Doritos is out, so that's going to rule out Frito Lay and Bud. You said it's not food, so it's like Pepsi was going to be my next one because they always spend more than Coca Cola. You see more Pepsi ads than Coke. Mm-hmm. I'm running logic on this, and I'm trying to figure it's like what car commercials. But it's like, wait a minute, cell phone manufacturers spend a megaton of money trying to get their stuff out there, and so did Microsoft with the uh, Windows 11, uh, did, uh, did, uh, Windows 11 operating system, Windows 10 in 2020. So I, that's why I went Microsoft. By the way, I want to give a shout-out if anybody that works for that company listens. Tubi had my favorite commercial in ages when they pranked everyone into thinking that someone had paused the television or dear god had changed the channel people i saw it on social media and i fell for it too people were angry what'd you do and they were just pranking what was so funny is i saw some people i always like to read the commentary about commercials and a lot of places had that ranked as one of the lowest commercials i'm like that's the one everybody's talking about that yeah, yeah. that should be number one everybody nobody heard of oh. tubi I mean, i've used it before but for the most part most people had not even heard of tubi that, 24 hours Tubi was everywhere. Yeah. On every TV show, yeah. on every sports center, on everything. And I'm like, that was fat. And it worked. And yes. that was some Andy Kaufman level pranking yeah. of the American public. Yes, because they even tie, the way they tied in the announcers, I was like, mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> like they got it. <laughs> now, isn't Tubi a streaming service or something like that? Yeah. It is. Okay, did not I, I? I thought so, but I wasn't sure. And you know my penchant for sticking my foot in my mouth about some things. <laughs> but, they have well, I'll give them another plug. I mean, there's a free version that's got a ton of movies available to watch on Tubi. Yeah, actually, soon right before that, I was um, sitting down to watch a movie, and I go on. I have a Roku, and just search what movie I want, and it'll tell you all the apps that have it. And Tubi had it for free. Like it'll pull up just like Apple TV. It'll pull up, you know. Sad if it 
cost money or whatever. And Tubi came up as free. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> free with ads. I don't care. So well, see, that's that was the first time I ever watched Tubi. Okay, being realistic for a second, we're gonna, uh, we can jump on this for a hot second just for fun, um, because I was I was with Hulu in the early days, and it's like okay, I'm not paying anything for this service, so I don't have a reason to complain about commercials. My reason to complain started was when I bought a subscription to Hulu, and commercials still ran. It's like why in the mortal hell am I paying for commercials? I have cable for that. We got broadcast television that I can watch for free over the air, which is something I've been doing a lot of lately. And this is something that surprised me to a great degree since I got away from a lot. I mean, I've still got my Roku. Um, I've got subscriptions to Amazon Prime, to um, a couple others. And there's a little ace in the hole that I'm going to bring out in a minute. But lo and behold, I went ahead and bought a DTV antenna. And I was surprised that a lot of the channels that I was watching, like Ion and Ion Mystery, are actually dot twos or higher on traditional broadcast channels that you get over the air for free. Now, I'm in a weird position at one of the places that I hang my hat every once in a while because they are between the Birmingham market and the Montgomery market. They um they actually they're in a position where you can get the best of both worlds because there's some stations that are carried dot twos out of Montgomery that are not dot twos or higher in Birmingham. So it's like, wow, I've got about forty channels to play with that I didn't even know existed on free TV. And I'm not gonna get on this kick about everybody cut the cable and because for the more people that cut the cable, Spectrum and some of these other companies don't get it. And I'm going in commercial for a hot second, so bear with me, kids. These people feel, well, we just want the 100 subscribers. We need to go ahead and go up on the prices so we can make up that money. No, drop your prices. More people will come back. Plain and simple. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I had such a problem with Dish is because every five minutes, their contract was up with a certain broadcaster, and we lose six, seven, eight channels. So it was like, you know something? I'm tired of paying for stuff that I can't see. But yeah, I mean, coming back to it, I've still got a couple of streaming services. Peacock is one. Of course, I watch WWE live events, and there's some other stuff that they carry on Peacock. Um, for the most part, and I've got their entry level. I don't have their premium. I'm not going to pay for that right now. Um, there's a couple other that I'm looking at weighing the pros and cons. But if... Now, I know that if you live closer to a metropolitan area, that number is going to be higher. Or if you live in that split and between two markets and you actually have a good antenna, you can pick up more than just your traditional market stations. And that that's where it's like, I think YouTube TV is still looking like a viable option with internet connection because you can still get, you can't get access through YouTube TV, AXS that is. But you can also get the rest of the channels that you can't get that carry pro wrestling live and other major sporting events. So that's that's been one that stuck with me for a little while. And, you know, coming back to the uh, streaming services for a hot second, you know, Tubi, of course, made that big splash. And on, unfortunately, I saw the, after the fact. I didn't see it during the event. But you also have Crackle. You have Pluto. And a number of different streaming services that offer with commercials or elevated platform packages, um, commercial free, and they're always worth a look. 
So don't, I mean, everybody's like, I don't know what the hell crackle is. I'm not going to try it. It may be, no, it's not pirate. No, it's not illegal. It's legal. <laughs> it's same thing with Pluto. Pluto's not illegal. Pluto's not pirate. They have different levels. And then that, the trick to it is, and here's, here's marketing 101. When companies like this get subscribers and they can go back to advertisers and other broadcasters and say, this is the market we're bringing in on our free platform, they can get different companies to advertise. Well, the more money they make on advertising, the less they actually have to worry sometimes about that upper level platform. Because if 90% of their people are watching free and 10% are watching the paid, that means 90% of people are still seeing those commercials. And they can brag about that. There's an art form to this game. And yes, the manipulation is real. But speaking of the art form. Oh, before we do, Shane, I know you kind of mentioned this uh, for the from the get-go on the segment. But go ahead and take this one where you do the shameless plug. I know you're doing, uh, are you still doing Wednesday and Thursday? I'm doing double up on Thursday, Eddie. I'm doing back 40. Trivium uh, in Gaston, Alabama, 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock Central. And then if you can't make that one because of work, kids, whatnot, or if you want to double up, and we've had some teams who do it, for the first time in hosting trivia in 11 years, I am doing late-night trivia in Gaston at a different venue, Tut Lounge, that we started in mid-December, beginning at 10 o'clock and running till 1130. Two chances to play on the same night in the same town. Completely different questions at both places, but double your chances to win. A couple of things I want to hit as we're heading forward the top of the hour, and I didn't realize this hour had gotten away from us as quickly as it did. Um, Coming out of last night, an elimination chamber. One was during the event. Edge, Beth, if you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Finn Rhea. The finisher that Edge and Beth used, acknowledged by the announce team as the Shatter Machine. Yeah, I came out of my chair clapping for that one. Legitimately. And they openly admit the fact, Edge and Beth, being that being a nod to FTR, who they are very good friends with. When because you would think that that name had been dropped by the wayside with the way that FTR left and the success they've been having around the world. Legitimately around the world. Thank God, because these two are very talented, great in-ring performers, great on the mic. They're just fun to watch in every aspect of the term. For WWE, for the announce team to actually acknowledge the fact that it was the shatter machine they used and didn't call it the big rig or anything else like that, how much does that make you think that the perspectives are opening up to where you can acknowledge situations from the past, even though they didn't end or wrap up the way you wanted them to if you were in management. Shane, 
Did you follow me on that one or did I hodgepodge that one too much? Well, I haven't seen anything other than the main event from last night, so I'm going to recuse myself from this part of the discussion. Go for it. Greg? So, I don't think that much about it. I think it's, well, there's a nod. It's, it's still a minute part of the audience that makes that connection. And so, if it's, to me, if it's the name of the move or if it, if it is what it is, right? So, I don't, I like it. It's kind of like back in the day, they used to, at one point, they didn't want to call a DDT a DDT because outside of, you know, Jake only used the DDT, it was called something else. And, you know, even if this is in WCW, and I was like, who cares? It's the name of the move. So, I don't know. I, I, I like it. I like it. I think it keeps, you know, like they call the, the Cody, the Cody cutter. They have the cutter in there, right? But it's kind of, to me, it's, it's fine. I like it. I like just kind of having that nod. But at the same time, acknowledging that, hey, this is just what it's called. You don't have to make it up. You don't have to have your own brand on it. You don't have to have, you know, everybody have a different name for the same move. I, I like it. Well, case point scenario, when Vince was genuinely in charge from start to finish, um, if it happened away from WWE, it never got acknowledged. Mm-hmm. Before you got there, it never happened. After you leave, you don't exist anymore. To a great degree. Now, he did relax a little bit on that in later years. But for that one, it's like, and granted, WWE probably still holds the um, the copyright and the trademarking for the IP Shatter Machine for the official name of the finisher. And I almost wonder if that was a strategic bullet point for them to where they can say, no, we've actually used that, so we're not going to release the copyright or release the trademarking, on the registra- registration on it. But... Because if you remember the E60, I think it was something similar to that, that they did for Edge getting ready to come back to the Rumble, for the Rumble. Um, The original version of that broadcast, and I don't think they've edited it, um, of course, still had one half of FTR in there as one of Edge's training partners and workout partners, for which I give much credit. Um, I I think that the times have changed with Hunter being in charge of creative, um, and it's changing for the good. It's no longer, okay, it's hard to say it in its purest form, but I don't think that under Paul, they're not making a solid move to insult the intelligence of the audience that is watching the product, whereas a lot of times Vince had a bad habit of doing that. Um, the other thing that I really want to give credit where credit is due on this one, to use that phrase all over again, um, is the post-show press conference. Now, Shane, you and I, I think have had a recent discussion about that one as well, um, where Shane and I are in agreement. And matter of fact, if you want to take this part of it, go for it, because you were talking about the chronology and the uh, timetable for them. You mean uh, when you were talking? Give me the gist of what you're, you're wanting. How often? Oh, I said that I thought um, as far as these meetings, press crumbs, um, I would only do them maybe after the big four, unless there was something significant like last night, truly significant, which then that becomes subjective. But, uh, you know, to me, I think like sometimes even though WWE is 365, 52 weeks a year, those big press scrums, you know, would come after your big signature events, kind of like the heavyweights. Boxing fights that only happen once or twice, sometimes three times a year, depending on who wants to defend their title. 
but I just don't want to see the media scrums because they do network events every month where it just becomes, it goes back to what you said about at the beginning of the program about Montreal doing that once every two or three years instead of this, well, it's whatever clash at the castle, whatever it's judgment day, it's time for the press scrum where they just become passe. I think they would mean more if they weren't done so regularly. Um, Greg, your thoughts? Follow up. So I did watch the press conference last night, and I thought, I thought the timing of it was perfect. So, like, I watched the previous one, the Royal Rumble one. I thought it was much longer. It was a little, you know, with Cody up there and and kind of how they address things. And this was kind of kept very short. It's like boom, boom, boom. Austin Theory was in character. It kind of advanced a storyline a little bit, which was interesting. Everybody else was kind of a mix, and. I thought it was just perfect. It was kind of like boom, 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 boom. And Hunter did his little thing, and then they moved on. And, but I thought last night did make a lot of sense, ending it with Sami Zayn with what had happened and all of that. Um, I think they're pretty cool, but I agree. I think it, I don't know if you should do them after every single event, but I thought last night's was quick, succinct, and done. I think it would maybe last, what, maybe 20 minutes, if that? Maybe yeah, 30? about 40. Was it that long? Yeah, I think it was. Well, probably because Sammy wouldn't shut up. But yeah, there you go. Because they asked him, they did ask him one question. He went on forever. Yeah. But beyond that, it was. <laughs> but it was. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. And I and one of the things that I did love about that one, I know this wasn't the question, but Hunter put over the product so well last night without yeah. even trying to put it over. Yes. And. Stay out of my you can see his pure joy and passion, and he used the word passion a hundred times, but yeah. you could just see how proud he was of what happened last night. And it was like, it was contagious. <clears throat> so I think that kind of thing can go somewhere, but I'm guessing the strategy behind it, because last night they had a bunch of uh, several questions coming from what sounded like more mainstream news outlets in Quebec. Yeah. Or in, in my, in, you know, and I think that's really what they want is that they can get a few more people from an NBC or an ABC or an ESPN, those guys asking questions, not, you know, um, Pollock that would answer, ask the question or, or um, these other guys on the quote unquote side. They want that mainstream in there. Um, I, I, I think was... the only way they get that is if they do it kind of regular. Well, even though he was on the pre-show, I'm really kind of surprised that they didn't have Helwani back there. Um, I think he would have added, and this is weird for me to say, because I remember when Helwani broke in and was basically more of an internet direct reporter trying to make his name and to watch the way that his career has gone. Hats off, dude. <laughs> That's one thing I like about Ariel Helwani. He has, he's always done the work. Um, and he's always done the hard work, and I give credit where credit is due. He's um, there have been a couple of times where he's laid back a little bit, but you know something? I don't care. It's well deserved. Give him a chance to let him slack off every once in a while because every other time he's going to be in there in the trenches. Um, but to have Helwani back there for the post show uh, scrum, I think would have added that much more because he is one of those immediately recognizable names now, and that's that in and of itself is still kind of hard for me to believe, but it's not that hard. Because once again, he's done the work. I refer to myself on more than one occasion as the oracle of shameless self-promotion. 
um, Helwani is a serious challenger for that crown, and I'll share that crown with him seven days a week because he's done it right, and I give credit where credit is due. Um, the thing about last night, the media scrum, was that the people that were involved in it all represented different facets of what's going on. You had Austin Theory, who was in character, coming across arrogant, brash, cocky, all of the above. Yes, run with that. You had Edge and Beth, who played to the fans and played to the emotion of the circumstance and situation. You had Hunter, or Paul, up there as proud papa. And talking about the numbers, talking about the way everything came across and was conveyed. Credit all the way across the board for that. And you had Sami Zayn, who actually took you on both sides of the mirror, the what you were able to see and what went into it, the more behind-the-scenes technical aspect of it, which I respected that as well. It's like you can pull it back a little bit and tease that pulling back without yanking that son of a bitch all the way back to the um, Grand Canyon. So for those particular four, yeah, they they played that perfectly for the media scrum because they showed four different facets of the diamond that was the overall night. And if they had not done one, I would have been okay with it. But the fact that they thought enough of that show to where they would go ahead and do it. And once again, they did something else that I really enjoyed was they played the card with Edge because Theory made, um, came out and said, I'm going to go ahead and do the U.S. Open Challenge tomorrow night. And Edge came out and said, I accept. So that gave everybody a chance to go on their little websites or their podcast or their live radio streams. Hi, been doing this a while. And mention, Edge said tonight, he's, Edge said at the, at the media scrum, he's going to take Austin Theory up. That's gonna, that helps with viewership. Major league credit on that one too. Someone was about to jump in. Go for it. Do you think he's really going to do it? And the reason I say that it, it makes sense if he comes out. But if they're truly setting up Cena, when do they do it? And if it's a hot crowd, bring him in. I, I, I was wondering because Edge is also intelligent enough to swerve it. Because he said, you know, I haven't had Golden Watch. He didn't necessarily say he was going to do it, but he said, it sounds good. What do you guys think? Type of a thing. So he kind of left a loophole in there. and But I love the fact that he did it because it makes sense, too. Yeah. Because Edge Theory is something that – because Theory has proven himself. Y'all are good. Like me, love me, hate me. I'm going to say this. Austin Theory has proven himself to be a modern-day version of the ultimate opportunist that we know of as Edge. Mm. He's playing the same character style that Edge played. And I love it because his character is growing that much more, something you don't always see and or something that is so blatant that you blow it off or something that is so subtle you don't catch it until later, the, the boiling frog theory. So that in and of itself, it gives you something to work with. And I'm, re- I'm actually looking forward to Monday Night Raw to see if Edge and Theory does take place. Because with those two, I think it would be a good match. And I just realized where we are. <laughs> Damn, I hate it when this happens. Gentlemen, I'm going to turn to you for last calls, things that have been on your mind and what's going on. 
in your backyard. Shane? Well, first of all, congratulations to Ricky Stenhouse Jr. becoming the 42nd driver to win the Great American Race, known as the Daytona 500. Uh, Eddie knows my struggle with NASCAR as a fan for over 35 years, who's pretty much all but tuned out the last three seasons. But I did, you know, I was going to make a conscious effort to watch this today. Enjoyed the race. And, uh, you know, I mean, it wasn't anything, I don't think it's going to be sticking home with anyone, but I'm proud of Ricky Stenhouse because uh, he's only had two victories in the Cup Series coming in today. And his last victory was at Daytona. 2017 in the summer race so good on him uh, it was nice to see some fresh blood up there and as far as for my last call i know when i bring this up we could probably go an hour on it <laughs> but i do want to mention uh the passing of jerry jarrett earlier this week at the age of 80 uh take what it. an absolute trailblazer shane take your time uh, i just killed the <laughs> Take your, take your time. I just killed the music bed. We can run along with that one. Go for it. Oh, I'm not going to go along. We could, we could go with it more to, we're not so far in the program, but uh, 80 years old, uh, Jerry Jarrett. I mean, I'll just go over some of the highlights. I mean, he was a tremendous baby face in Memphis that was on top for about six or seven years. Knew how to drew money. But one thing I don't think you'll ever see again, Jerry Jarrett was a booker, a successful booker before he got in ring uh, and then as a promoter and with Jerry Jarrett's passing I think you know Bill Watts is still with us but we're losing we have lost a lot of the guys of the golden age of television and professional wrestling and Jerry Jarrett had the last territory going before Vince truly screwed them all up as he kept that Memphis promotion going through 1997 you were talking about heels if anyone listening is not familiar, if you want to know how to get heat, check out some old Memphis wrestling from the 70s and 80s all the way through. The- oh, God, yes. And uh, I got a chance to meet Jerry. Uh, Eddie knows I love going to the uh, Fan Fest in Charlotte in August. And Jerry Jarrett was there this past year. And that was a week after his involvement, you know, with the Ric Flair's last match with his son, Jeff. And it got a chance to talk to Jerry for about five or six minutes. I wish I could have talked to him a lot more, but I didn't want to hold up the line. But uh, I was glad to get to see Jerry. If you guys got those um, tales from the territories from Vice about Memphis and the one on Andy Kaufman. Yeah. Uh, just seeing Jerry Jarrett in that roundtable discussion, I wish we could have seen a whole lot more of stuff like that. But uh, very instrumental in the business. And for those who may not know, um, when Vince McMahon, 30 years ago, thought he was going to prison to be indicted at the steroid trial, Jarrett came in and ran the company for at least a good six months to nine months, varying on what you believe. But after a year and a half, once Vince was uh, cleared, Jerry said, I want to go back home to Memphis. But that was the, the transition, was to have Jerry Jarrett run his company. And um, I think also, you know, he put in an offer to buy WCW in 2001, had upwards of five, six million dollars, which is certainly more than what Vince paid for WCW. But once he heard there was no television on Turner anymore, he's like, we have no deal. And, you know, that became TNA 
later in 2002. But that, you know, that made me wonder. That's a discussion for another time. What would a WCW uh, promotion led by Jerry Jarrett look, look like? Um, we'll tackle that. The man certainly week. knew how to book. You know, he knew how to get over characters. He knew how to do angles. My God, he knew how to push the envelope on heat. And uh, it's a, it's sad, but I was really glad to see uh, uh, all the companies do a tribute to Jerry Jarrett this week because uh, his fingerprints are on a lot of what you see that has come through with wrestling, uh, certainly over the last 20, 30 years. Greg, if you'd like to follow up. I mean, just to touch on that, I think... It, it, the, the podcast world today helps if you listen to any of these podcasts today that that really helps to recognize some of these guys like jerry jerry jarrett you hear the appreciation you hear it they don't appreciate the money but they appreciate the opportunity <laughs> and they appreciate the booking and the things they learned in those in tennessee and then when he took over dallas and just the things he did because you know he had a Influence in WCW at one time, huge influence in WWE, huge influence, of course, in, in Memphis, and then being a, a developmental territory. Totally underappreciated if you really think about it, because he didn't ever have that national deal, like a Jim Crockett or somebody. Yeah. And could you imagine, right? And and where mm. would we be? Like, like you touched on TNA. Yeah, Jeff was the the had a lot to do with that, right? Um, but. Jerry, if you ever listened to Jeff's podcast, Jerry was the voice of reason. Yep. He kind of had another piece to that that was like, hey, Jeff, you want to do this, but let's let's kind of tell this back a little bit. And you hear those stories and they had their conflicts and such. But Jerry, I think, unlike a Bill Watts, the product didn't pass Jerry by, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I felt like he always had his finger on the pulse. And I think that's that's the difference between him and a Crockett a Mushnick, um, a Watts, a Vern, all these other guys, the product did not pass him by. He kept up with it. And he embraced it. He embraced the craziness. He embraced the crazy characters. He oh, embraced God, yeah. WWE. He, and he, he got, he understood it. And we, lo- we lost a big one there. Um, one other thing that I'd like to throw in just for fun. You know, one of the, th- WWE on the network had table for three. And there was one that had crossed my mind for years that I would have loved to have seen. It was not relevant to WWE at all, but I wish somebody would have had the finances to put it together. And that would have been a table for three or something similar with Jerry Jarrett, Jerry the King Lawler, and Austin Idol. A night that almost caught... And another one, you can take out Austin Idol and put in Tommy Rich. Because these were three catalysts for two nights, especially at Mid-South Coliseum, that almost caused riots. And, I mean, because the creative aspect going into the night of the big betrayals by both Idol and Rich, as well as the execution therein, and then the storylines coming out of it. That would have made for some beautiful conversation that unfortunately nobody took the opportunity to tap into. Um, I have known Austin Idol personally for a number of years, um, worked with him on numerous occasions, had him on this show a number of times, and actually, I know you listen every once in a while, so be ready because I'm about to reach out to you this week. We'll see if we can work something out for next Sunday night. (laughs) 
be, <laughs> be afraid, be very afraid, especially when you come on beyond ringside. No, but like I said, it had him on before. I'd love to have him back on to get some of his ideas and some of the, um, some of his thoughts, especially about some of the days that have gone by. Because remember, I believe it was – I can't remember if it was in Memphis or not, but I believe it was because I think it was Jerry Jarrett who was responsible for – Jerry Lawler and Austin Idol getting the first win of any type over the Road Warriors. Correct. So, yeah, didn't think I remembered that, did you? <laughs> well, and I mean, the where the Rock and Roll Express got their start in Memphis, yeah. you know, under Jerry. The whole Andy Kaufman angle. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, with Jerry Jarrett at the forefront. I mean, gosh, we could go on and on and on, but there's some stuff that are huge timestamps in professional wrestling that came from the, the mind. Jerry Jarrett. Yeah, we, trust me, we could do a whole hour at least on just that. Some of the storylines that he was a part of, some of the angles he was a part of, some of the, I mean, the overall storytelling that he was a part of. I mean, my God. Yes, and I agree, we have lost one, truly one of the all-time greats. May not have been in ring one of the all-time greats, but as far as the industry itself goes, the business, the sport of professional wrestling, genuinely one of the all-time greats. Um, Shane, go ahead and throw the uh, shameless plugs. Sure, that is uh, Shane Knowles, N-O-L-E-S. You can find me on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, uh, Shane Knowles at gmail.com. Find information on our upcoming Trivia League, Trivia Nights, stand-up comedy, anything I got going on. Uh, but as I will lift from Eddie Lane here, uh, follow me at your own risk. <laughs> Greg, last call. And what's going on in your backyard as well as shameless plugs, sir? Here in my backyard, as a huge Atlanta Braves fan, now that football season, pro football, college football is over. Yes, we have XFL, USFL, but I'm so glad that spring training started. I'm ready to get this season underway. Um, I, I'm just ready. I'm ready for ball. I'm ready for something different. I'm ready to be at Truist Park right there in my section 313, row 18, seat 7. But that's where I'll be. Um, and I'll, I'll be there probably 50 times this year. So I can't wait for baseball to get going. I'm excited about this. Hey, Greg, uh, I got to ask you, not to interject, but how are you feeling about the new baseball rule implementation? See, I, I look at things. Do I love everything? I don't. But it's the evolution of these games, man. It's it's the evolution. Everything changes, right? It's kind of like our core here is wrestling. Wrestling is very different today than it was when we all grew up. It just changes, and and I get it. Um, does it, it it changes the strategy though, and so that's what I look at. I was like, you know what? Now we, we don't have we don't have the shift. We have a pitch pitch timer and all that. Okay, I, I get the reasons. Um, we're a different society. We're trying to, you know, attract certain things. I reserve judgment a little bit. I, I, I like the shift idea. I guess. Um, I, I don't. I don't. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I know a lot of people love, hate the the runner on second base in the extra innings, and I'm like, it's kind of like sudden death. It's like every other, every other sport has a different rule for the most part in overtime. It is what it is, right? So I, I try. I try to keep an open mind to it. If that makes sense, um, we'll see. <laughs> the, the pitching timer is probably the one that throws me off the most. There's too many, too many things to think about. But um, 
we'll see. We'll see. I, I also, not too far from here, the AAA affiliate of the Braves plays. So I've been to a few games there where they, they were doing the pitch time and all that kind of stuff. So you, you get it. But the, the key there is trying to learn it and is trying to understand what is world, what in the world's going on. Um, I think they may be making it a little bit too complicated, but hey, it is what it is. We'll see. But I'm ready for I'm ready to be back at the ballpark. There's nothing more fun to me than hanging out there. It is different than a football or a wrestling or something like that. I have a community around me with my season tickets, and we just hang out. It's like it's like literally hanging out with friends. 40 to 50 times a year so that's that's kind of what's going on around me I'm excited about that um, I love Wrestlemania season this is the, I'm probably the most excited I've been about a Wrestlemania in a long time right now it's just I can't wait I, I can't tell you the last time I was like I need to see what happens on Smackdown I need to see what happens on Raw um, it's, it's awesome I'm, so I'm excited about that that's kind of what's going on in my world as far as there that goes shameless plugs um on instagram at the greg troxel same thing on twitter at the greg troxel i'm not as consistent on twitter as i should be but instagram i'm pretty consistent on and that's it for me you know um i want to say a very heartfelt thank you to the fine folks over at gray bar this past friday night even with a couple of People that should not have been out in public to begin with. It was a great night, and I look forward to being able to be back with them in the very near future. I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart to everybody here at the Beer Hog that has been tremendous to me for setting up for Beyond Ringside, doing the shows from here. I don't, uh, I don't know if y'all seen the current setup because I, for those who know the Beer Hog in Pelham, Alabama, they are kind enough to let me set up at their back bar, and just totally commandeer the setup. And they had a great crowd here earlier today that started to dwindle. They were doing a game night earlier this evening. That's why you could probably hear different voices coming over the background because their PA system will not cut completely off. And you know something? I'm cool with that. But Darius, Chris, if I start running down the names, I'm going to forget people, and I don't want to do that. But Darius, Chris, Ian, um, Tiffany, Tracy, Jenny, Miranda, Becca, Faith, um, I know I'm forgetting people, and I don't want to, but everybody here has been absolutely tremendous, and for as long as they will allow me the opportunity and the honor of coming up here to set up on Sundays, I will definitely be that. Um, like I said, as we're getting closer to WrestleMania, um, we'll be opening up the... I'll probably be doing some open-door forums after regulation ends. So if you pop down this way, when we wrap up at 9 o'clock Central... Um, we may actually do a secondary just for fun and give people a chance to step up to a microphone and say what's on their brain on their own time or in, in their own way. So keep your eyes open. Once again, um, the way things are looking right now, we'll be here for the for, for, fortunately for the near future. Um, WrestleMania Saturday won't be here. WrestleMania Sunday will be here unless this side room is booked and then we'll have a backup plan in play. Um with everything else going on, congratulations, XFL, week one in the books. Um, folks, once again, we talked about this earlier. If you are able to catch the games either on television, check it out. If you're able to go in person, spend the damn money. I know that the USFL, just a few weeks away, ticket prices are very reasonable I've said it a hundred thousand times, so let's make it a hundred thousand and one. It looks good on television. 
But if you have the opportunity to catch it live, go. Two-hour drive, who the hell cares? Birmingham, love to have you drop into the home market sometime. I'll see you because it's going to be a party at Protective. Um, Upcoming for me personally, Monday night, the 20th, I'll be right back here for uh, Monday Night Karaoke. I start things up at 6 o'clock p.m. right here at the Beer Hog, 2408 Pelham Parkway or 2408 if you want to be correct about it. Tuesday nights, Mardi Gras Fat Tuesday at Steel Gastropub, 2808 7th Avenue South in Birmingham. I'll be kicking things off there on at 7 o'clock p.m. on Tuesday night. This Thursday, I will be with um, Mad Pies Pizzeria up in the Fultondale, Alabama area. Thursday night karaoke kicks off at 7 o'clock p.m. Hang on, reaching over to hit this. And this coming Saturday, I have the honor and the privilege of being the DJ slash MC for Zach and Julia's big day. It, it This has been a long time coming. I, I had the privilege of being the DJ for Julia's parents' um, wedding and reception. Now, clarifying. (laughs) Sorry about that. Um, Julia is the daughter of... I think I just made it clear. I kind of just stepped on myself for a hot second. But really looking forward to that. It's going to be a great time. Why is that not playing? Okay, now it's playing. So... Looking forward, I'll be in Irondale once again for this one. And it's, yes, I'm actually doing a wedding reception in central Alabama. I'm not driving all the way to the state line in any direction. Thank you. But it's always an honor and a privilege. I do accept wedding bookings, birthday parties, uh, karaoke events through Full Range Entertainment and also also through Elvis Rob Productions. Uh, Catch me, of course. Fast Daddy Lane on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and anything else. The name is reserved as a placeholder. That way nobody else can get it and screw me up. So we will be back at it one week from tonight. 7 o'clock Central, 5 o'clock Pacific. Yes, 8 p.m. Eastern. As he cuts his eyes left and right. Be sure to catch the replays right here on BeyondRingside.com, ProWrestlingRadio.net, TuneIn Radio, and the TuneIn mobile app. Of course, on the podcast side of life, you can find us, of course, everywhere from Potomatic, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, um, Pandora, Spot. Oh God, so many different ways. It gets confusing sometimes. It really does. Um, also, once again, may just make the road trip. Saturday, March 4th. Keep your eyes and ears open. You never know what's going to happen. But Scenic City, and, um, Scenic City Rumble, there may be an invasion in a good way. Trust me on this one. It's going to be a party if we show up. I'll leave it at that. Especially at City Cafe and Diner before and after the show. Sorry, Shane. You better be there. We're going to call it a day and head for the Radio Ranch. For Shane Knowles. You know, I was thinking you can call me Al. It's probably the best song Chevy Chase ever did. I was assured there'd be no math. For Greg Troxel. I can't even follow that up, man. I can't even follow that up. <laughs> I am the Magic City Motor Mouth, Fast Steady Lane, strained vocal cords and all, saying until next time, adios, das vidanya, hasta luego, auf Wiedersehen, ciao, sayonara, adieu, and even there, farewell, I've seen you all of one. Until we meet again, holy shit, Ant-Man just made a building expand. And aloha means bye bye 
Join us right here next time as we all go Beyond Ringside. Bye for now. <laughs>